words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop. I am joined by Megan U. Schneider. She is on the Municipal Water District of Orange County's board as the VP, and she's also president of Seven Management and Consulting. Megan, it's great to have you on a podcast. Thanks, Travis. We finally did it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I have uh, Donnell Duncan. He is Associate Vice President at Arcadis. He is also Chair of the WEF House of Delegates DEI Work Group. Uh, and he's also a very accomplished author, along with many other hats. Donnell, I'm glad to be on a podcast with you as well. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you. The board has set up this subcommittee on DEI. What are its goals? So before dive into that, Travis, I just wanted to preface that by saying that the board did formally create this subcommittee in September of 2020, but before that there was over a year and a half of work as a task force and many other iterations and task forces and work groups that were centered around the concepts of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so when the board formally created this subcommittee last year, it was after a lot of different targeted and focused work to really explore what are meaningful ways that we can make a difference in, in the realm of diversity, equity, inclusion as it applies to the water community and the water workforce. And so this specific subcommittee was formed as a way to really engage the board and make a meaningful impact on WEF and the work that we do. And so part of what we did was really identify where are the areas that we can make an impact and what are some of the things that we can do immediately and in the near term to really have really set a great foundation for making a meaningful change and positive change within the water industry long term? And so I'll let Donnell kind of dive a little bit more into the details of our subcommittee. Appreciate it, Megan. So Megan and I were both on that task force. So we did spend that year just really exploring what WEF can do. Um, in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion. So at this point in time, we started off by uh, helping the uh, organization procure a DEI consultant that would provide us with professional expertise in that area. So now the subcommittee works with that DEI consultant towards developing a strategic plan. So we've been engaged in reviewing the proposed activities, the schedule for the consultant, and helping, going, helping the board uh, kind of walk through these steps towards getting that plan. So at this point in time, uh, uh, the consultant's got some interviews that's already been completed and we helped identify those individuals and then kind of work on the questions. And then there's a, a member survey that's coming out pretty soon related to DE&I, all as part of the steps towards getting this strategic plan going. I'm curious on your perspective on how the work of this subcommittee that you all are involved in, how you know it ties into WEF's broader 
focus and work on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Yeah, and, and as, as you brought up, Travis, and as Donnell alluded to, there's a lot of there's a lot of different avenues and different aspects of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And that was something that we explored even as a task force was really finding that creating a uniform de definition on what diversity, equity, and inclusion means is, is a project in and of itself because we all bring in different perspectives. We all bring in different lived experiences and we all have so many different facets of our lives today just to kind of put it into perspective, the World Economic Forum calculated that at the current rate of change, we are 208 years away from equity between men and women in the United States. Mm. You know, while it may seem that we've made a huge amount of progress, we still have a long ways to go, even at the current rate of change that we have. And so when we start talking about diversity, for example, for many people, it can mean everything from gender diversity to racial diversity to neurodiversity to diversity of occupations or diversity of geographic areas and so on and so forth. And so obviously WEF being an international organization and an organization of tens of thousands of members from all different backgrounds, whether you work in the office or in the field or in the lab or, you know, whatever your background may be, whether it be public outreach or whether it may be being an engineer or an operator, there's so many different facets of diversity that we could explore. And then to create that intentional inclusion and to create that, that equity that we're all looking for, that's a huge journey and a huge, huge task in and of itself. And so really what we needed to do was coalesce around what are the existing programs and initiatives that WEF has? And we have so many. We have everything targeted from school-age children to all the way to, you know, programs and committees that touch all different facets of the water industry. And so there, there's a number of different programs that we have, but then we also have ways to improve what we're currently do, doing and then ways to really look at and adjust how we might do things in the future. And so with this subcommittee, we're really focused on building that foundation. And so that starts with creating a definition that we can all stand behind. It starts with creating a baseline understanding of where our members are at in terms of awareness of what diversity, equity, and inclusion may look like and mean like, and, and we're, how we're doing as an organization and so that we can have a starting point that we can then move on from. And then also really identifying how can we create policies to be very intentional about recognizing that it's not just diversity, it's not just inclusion, it's not just equity, it's all three working together in conjunction in a meaningful and intentional way that actually helps the entire industry as a whole. So part of what I'd love for us to touch on in our conversation today is how these initiatives actually benefit all of us collectively mm -hmm. and the industry collectively. I, I like how you outlined uh, the work because when something happens, like the the events of of 2020 that really sparked a lot of this um you can't just click you know uh snap your fingers and fix things or or greatly improve things necessarily overnight right it's a process and it's complicated and it's tough um and you you people want instant change but it's the realistically you've got to start figuring out how to move forward on all all these different fronts and uh, how to include all the different perspectives. What, what do you think 
we can expect from the subcommittee as it's really getting rolling uh, and starting to do its work and starting to engage more with WEF members? What, what do we kind of see maybe happening in the, the months and year or so ahead? So I could chime in on that. I think the first thing is that the overall intention was to align the work of the subcommittee with WEF's mission and critical objectives. So uh, there are two strategic goals that uh, WEF has that became the foundation of building this. And that's 1A, which is to increase diversity and inclusiveness in the water sector through engagement and membership growth. And then 4D, which is promote sector-wide action toward development of a water workforce that is diverse and prepared to meet the future needs of the water sector. So what we expect at the end of this process is number one, an increased awareness of diversity as a whole and an understanding of the need for um, the organization to demonstrate a culture of diversity. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is culture eats strategy for breakfast. <laughs> and our intention is to impact the culture of WEF and then use that to then impact the culture of the rest of the water industry. To, to be the ones that are having the right conversations, be the ones that are on the forefront, having the programming, having the content that demonstrates that we're serious about it and kind of go beyond just the surface level. And, I, and one thing I, I, I applaud WEF for is that we were doing this before 2020. As we mentioned, yep. it was July 2020 that the board subcommittee started after having done a task force for over a year. So we had already been working on diversity, equity, and inclusion within the organization. And then 2020 happened right on time as we, we already had selections done. We were already picking the subcommittee. And it just happened that uh, the timing was perfect because it was right around the summer where things got hot, pun intended, and we needed this. So it, it, it just it aligned well with what WEF was already doing. So we believe that uh, WEF will be the premier water institution, at least in uh, the institutions that are large right now in this country and across the globe, that's front and center as it pertains to um, DE&I. We believe that that's something that will happen as a result of this. Instead of just a bunch of programs, we're aligning it together into an overall strategic plan that would impact the culture positively for diversity, equity, and inclusion. I, I like that, that idea that um, this is really like pushing, getting that big giant snowball pushed off the top of the mountain, right? And then hopefully through, through actions and, and by embodying these efforts, it'll just pick up momentum and pick up momentum and pick up more snow and snow as it goes downhill and, and you know, spread out to the whole, whole water sector. You both are very busy people, right? Um, you wear multiple hats. Uh, and what made you each say yes to co-chairing this subcommittee, which is, you know, it's very time intensive. It's it's important work. It's, it takes bandwidth to focus on this. Um, why why did you say yes? Why did you decide to do this? Uh, we'll start with Megan. Sure. Uh, well, first and foremost, the people on the task force and on the subcommittee are 
just an incredible group of people. And I feel, I feel like I've become a better person by hanging out with these, this group of individuals. And so, you know, I couldn't say no to spending quality time with these change makers and these passionate individuals who are really unified with this goal and this mission of really making a positive impact. And, you know, I think it goes without saying that it's important work for the industry and for our communities and, and for the, the communities that we serve, because, you know, it, it's nice to say, oh, we want a more diverse workforce. We want a more inclusive workforce. We want a more equitable workforce. But if we truly want to provide the best, most innovative and comprehensive solutions to our communities, if we truly want to be the best that we can be in, in making a positive impact for water, we have to be diverse. We have to be inclusive and we have to have equity for all. And, you know, if you look at so many different case studies, I'll use peacemaking as an example. Typically, when you have peacemaking discussions that involve two parties after a conflict, traditionally, it used to involve just men. But what they found as they involved more diverse groups and women and other perspectives, they were able to make peace negotiations that lasted two, three times longer because you had that diversity of perspective. You had that fight thought diversity, as well as the general diversity that's associated with lots of different people involved in that conversation. And so when we talk about innovating, when we talk about the water workforce of the future, when we talk about, you know, creating better solutions for our communities, we have to have that inclusion, we have to have that diversity, and we have to have that equity. And so I couldn't think of more important work to engage in. And so it, it really, it, it was a no brainer to say yes, because you know, if I'm going to invest my time in WEF and in my MA, I think being part of the DEI conversations is an absolute critical must. And so it, it only makes sense to make time for initiatives like these that are really truly making an impact. Absolutely. And Donnell, what about you? What what led you to volunteer to do this and, and invest your, your time in this effort? I'll tell you this. It's personal to me. When you're an underrepresented racial minority in an industry that's dominated by the majority, when you walk into a room and you're either the only or one of the only, uh, it's not something you do because it's good for you and stuff like that. It's something you do because you're living it. So I live DE and I every single day. So getting me to volunteer to do something about what I see every single day that impacts me every single day is easy. Yes, I'm busy. Yes, I have so much things to do, but I'm like, there's going to be another generation. There's going to be people just like me that are coming out of graduate school that are like going to walk in the room and be like, are you serious? So as a result, if I don't do something, it never changes. And it's one of those things where I believe it takes people like me at the forefront of efforts like these who genuinely care. I'm not doing it for the fun of it. I'm not doing it for somebody to pat me on my back. If nobody compliments me, if nobody cares about what I do, I care because it's personal. So I love working in the area of de and I, I love rooting for the underdog. I love finding ways to increase representation across the organization. I love finding ways to 
go to untapped talent, to go to the places we typically would never go, to care for the people we typically wouldn't care for. Like those are the things that excite me because it matters to me. I know what it's like to feel overlooked. I know what it's like to feel like, oh, they don't care that I exist. So I know why when I wake up every day and I put in hours into this type of work, it, 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 it's going to make a difference. And I've been doing it long before I came over to F. As I, the joke I made was that I was commandeered by um, one of the, uh, my, let me name her, Ifetayo Vena, <laughs> one of the board members of WEF who commandeered me because I was busy doing this for years mm. for other organizations. I've been doing this for a long time. And she was like, you're coming to WEF. And that was it. So I came over to WEF and I'm just doing something I was doing for a long time before this. Yeah, it's personal. Fantastic. Well, we we're lucky to have you. Take a moment to give Donnell some kudos, though. Yeah. So, so I think it's really important to recognize that Donnell and and everyone on our committee. It's it's very personal for all of us, but it also takes a lot of personal growth, a lot of personal, you know, just soul searching, as well as an investment of our own personal and our mental investment into this work. And so I, I, I want to say this, you know, just because someone is an underrepresented person or a person of color or from an underrepresented group does not automatically make them a good advocate for DEI work. You have to put in the work to also understand how you can create equity, how you can make meaningful change and how you can have conversations to inspire that those positive changes that we need to make, have make and have happen. And that's a lot of work <laughs> and it takes a lot of growth and learning research and conversations. And so when Donnell says it's personal, he means it many different facets. And so I just want to point out, you know, because, just because someone has a lived experience does not put them in a position to create that positive change. It also takes a whole nother element of investment of personal effort and, and you know, energy. And so I want to give kudos to Donnell and the entire subcommittee for taking that extra step and making this part of their mission because it really becomes a part of who you are. I want to ask kind of a last question about going forward and and look and looking back in the future at what comes out of this subcommittee. Um, I think it's easy and maybe justifiable to think, oh, a subcommittee, a work group, um, they're going to be working with a consultant. They're going to be doing these recommendations. That recommendation, um, I feel there's something different with this group. <laughs> um, I think you guys agree. Um, so. What would you say to people that might be skeptical uh, about the ability of a group like this to affect the change that you've talked about? And what do you really think will be uh, the outcome a year or so from now? We have a multi-pronged approach taking place right now. There are many parallel threads. So this subcommittee is one of several efforts taking place. And we've been extremely strategic in mm -hmm. how we've done this because Megan and I are co-chairs of this subcommittee, but intentionally, I'm also the chair of the HOD, DEI work group. Mm -hmm. And we're specifically 
uh, ensuring that our efforts across the organization are aligned. What, what's happening with the board, we have members of the board on the subcommittee also. We're, we're being very tangible. For instance, we're working on things like a toolkit that mm. MAs can use to start their own DEI committee, a toolkit that MAs can use to have their own wealth inflow program to match what's happening nationally. We're being very intentional to create things that are tangible and usable. Right now, we're doing a survey of all the uh, representatives from the different MEs to find out how can we help them um, promote and push uh, DEI within their particular ME, and what what can WEF as an organization do? So we've been very intentional to make sure we're not just doing things and put it on recommendations. We're making it tangible. We're creating tools. We're packaging it, and then we're saying, even if we leave, this will sustain itself. This will continue, and it's extended beyond us to the ME's, which is our best way to really touch the entire uh, industry. Yeah. Yeah, and just like Donnell brings in that HOD thread, so it was intentional in that I have been a committee chair of several committees at WEF and have been a part of the committee leadership council. And so within the governance structure of WEF, we obviously have a number of different avenues of volunteer engagement. And so with the House of Delegates, Donnell is working on several initiatives there. And we're also trying to do a parallel effort in our committees as well. And so our volunteer engagement survey, our member survey that we're putting forth also has a number of different questions that ask about how we can be more inclusive and diverse and equitable in our efforts to promote committee leaders as well as committee members and, and how can we increase more inclusivity, equity and diversity in the way that we engage with those who show up to our conferences, to our different events and so forth. And so we're really looking at this from many, many different facets, as Donnell pointed out. And as, as mentioned previously, one of those outcomes is obviously putting together a policy, but it's also putting together that framework where we can enact it. And as Donnell pointed out, replicate it and scale it beyond our lifetimes and beyond our service on this subcommittee. And so there is a very intentional structure in the subcommittee where everyone will term out after a couple of years. And so we will constantly have fresh perspectives while building on, so there will be overlap in terms of different terms where you will have existing members and then new members. And as we continue these iterations, we will gain more perspectives, more inputs, and, and more data points for us to build off of. And so some of the very logistical things that we're dealing with is you know, just our association management systems and recognizing that we don't even have the data to put forth as to whether or not we have you know, certain demographics and whatnot. Fortunately, the Brookings Institution did a very comprehensive evaluation in 2019, where we have certain data points at, for the industry as a whole. So 85% of the water workforce is currently male. 65% is currently white. And our median age of our workforce is much older than the median working age within the United States. And so we have some of those data points to work off of, but we're also hoping that as we can gain more data points within our different management systems, both at the MA level and at the WEF level, we can use those data points to also track our progress while also looking at the holistic progress, right? So the, the few points that I want to leave with is, I think when we talk about equity, oftentimes 
there are individuals who also go, well, for someone else to gain more opportunities, do I have to lose some opportunities? And it's really important to recognize that when we're talking about equity, we're talking about gains for all. We're talking about benefits for all. And so Adam Grant, who's one of my favorite thought leaders, he uses this concept of the pie. When we give and take, we're not talking about sharing pieces of the same pie. We're talking about baking a bigger pie so that we all get access to bigger pieces of pie. And so especially for those of you who may fall into that category of being the 85% male and being the 65% white, there is not, there is a role for you to play in helping achieve equity for all. And there are benefits for all of us, for all of us collectively. And as I mentioned, benefits for the industry as a whole. And the second thing I just wanted to share, this is a, this is a post that I had to save because it really spoke to me. And it's a post by Michelle Silverthorne. She said, the folks who speak up and shout and bang doors to make folks wake up and commit to anti-racism are not the same folks as the ones who sit down at the table and negotiate how change can be put into place. Nor are they the same folks as those who ensure that systems of equity are built and people are following through on change. They can be. Often they are not. Remember, everyone, all caps everyone, has a role to them, a role to play. Each of them is necessary. All of them do the work of change. And so everyone listening to this podcast today has a role to play. You don't have to sit on our DEI subcommittee. You don't have to sit in a position of leadership. Everyone can help create a space for voices to be heard. Everyone can be an ally and everyone will collectively benefit from all of these efforts. And so, you know, I think as Donnell pointed out too, a lot of these changes will take a lot of time. And, and so it's important to recognize that lasting change is incremental. And we're doing a tremendous amount of work here at WEF to create some pretty major changes, but it's also important to recognize that all of the small changes we make at all of the different levels of interaction that you have within WEF, those are changes we can build on. And so each member and each volunteer and each participant in any of our programs and any of our efforts and any of our committee engagements you have a place and a role to play, whether it's simply by asking for input from somebody who might be a little bit quiet or inviting someone to volunteer or creating that space for a voice to be heard. Those are meaningful ways that you too can play a role as we build upon some of these larger organizational initiatives that we're working on. Yeah. Well, I love a bunch of the things that, I love everything you guys both just said, but I, I love the idea that there's gonna be tangible tools put out to help people to, to make change. I love that there is so much comprehensive outreach happening across WEF and across the member associations to help get that out there. Um, and, you know, I volunteer this podcast to be a platform for you all to share when you have new tools, when you've got new developments that you want to get out there because, you know, knowing is half the battle. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's really important. And, you know, just a, a note, as as a male myself and as a white male, um, I'm in those big majority populations, um, and I'm getting older too. Um, and I'm I always am like, what can I do? What can I do? And one of the things I always turn to is at least trying to put a platform out here like this podcast and uh, sharing information and hoping that 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 is part of the effort, you know. Um, but thank you both for volunteering for your time for your insight 
uh, for your impact. This is this is really important, and it's um, you know it's going to be exciting to watch uh, change happen in front of us. But thank you both. Thank you so much. Thank you, Travis. Words on water.